Real Cuff Radio is about to begin. Everybody loves a hero. I believe there's a hero in all of us. Welcome to Real Cuff Radio, Real Courage Under Fire. Our guest tonight is going to do exactly that. She's going to have the courage to talk about a subject that most people want to hide in the closet, but we feel it's so vitally important that she give this testimony so that others can have the hope and the encouragement and uh, the deliverance that they might need to be set free. And so, therefore, welcome. Hello. <laughs> so glad to have you on tonight. And uh, Thank you. I just want to give you the freedom to, uh, oh, before we start, I also want to say that this is an adult conversation. Uh, the subject is mainly for adult ears, so if you have any children in the room, please uh, dismiss them at this time before we might say something that we wouldn't want them to hear. Thank you very much. But if you would like to go ahead and get started, feel free anywhere uh, you want to start with your testimony. Okay, thank you. Um, Well, I would like to start. um, I grew up in a family. um, There was three kids and um, my mom and my dad and I remember my biological father um, he was I remember like at the age of four um, just an argument where my mom was yelling at him and he was rolling something and so I I guess just from now it it was drugs Um, he chose drugs and alcohol over our family um, kids and and his wife and so um, when I was five, my mom had brought another man home. They had got divorced, and my mom had brought another man home. And um, I was so excited to, to meet him and to to just um, have a father figure in my family. And I just remember the very first time that I had met this man, and I remember um, telling him, this is how you curtsy and this is how you bow. And um, it, it was just, he, he was something special to me. And um, it wasn't long after that they had gotten married, and um, we had lost all contact with my um, biological father. Um, they they made the decision to to keep him out of our life, and so um, my mom um, she she was she was a faithful woman. Um, she she would always bring us kids to church. Um, I don't remember um, my my stepdad. Um, going to church that much when I was younger, but um, he was, um, I remember the first time that I had called him dad, um, I, we were just, me and my brother and my sister, we were just kind of giggling, and, and, and we were like, I love you, dad, you know, and it's just the first time that we had called him dad, and it, 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 that's who he was to me, and um Going back to um, going to church, um, we had gone to church, and I was about nine years old, and um, we had VBS, and and that's the when I was nine, that was the year that um, 
the Holy Spirit whenever they gave the invitation. Um, I felt the Holy Spirit um, by me and in me or just nudging at me to, to um, give my heart to him and to, and to believe in Jesus and, um, and to just ask him into my heart. And I just remember um, at the age of nine, like just the excitement and the joy that you get um, when you are saved and, and when you believe and just, um, I was just on fire. Um, and I, I had, I, I have huge faith and I had it then too. Um, not long after I, I had asked Jesus into my heart and, and was baptized, um, my father began to, to ask me to, um, to, to touch him. Um, or, well, before he asked that, he started touching my body in just weird places and um, just it, it just kind of a, he would do it whenever he was hugging me and then that led to him asking me or to telling me to, to touch him. And um, this was all confusing because I loved him like a father. And um, I mean, I didn't really know what was going on for a while, but then um, a couple years later, I had a, a female friend, and um, she started doing things like that, too. And so I had my father who was doing these things, and then my best, this is a female friend that was um, doing these things, and um, I began to just kind of self-destruct um, a couple years after this was taking place with um, both people. Um, I just, re- I remember, um, just taking pills. I would pop pills to kind of be numb and then I would, um, I would take salt and ice and I would put it on my skin and it would burn my skin. I wanted to feel pain, but then I wanted to be numb from what was going on. It wasn't long whenever I was in in school, see, see, this was when I was, I guess, 11 or 12 by now, and I, I began to um, have boyfriends, and when I was 13, I had um, gave my virginity up to, to one of my boyfriends, and just my, my um, sexual lifestyle, I mean, it was just, I don't know how to say it, but I mean, I was just involved in with several different people and, and my father and mother decided to take me out of school because I had, well, one, one time, one weekend I had ended up drunk and in the hospital. And then, the, and then not long after that, I had ended up being arrested for running away. So they decided to take me out of school and to homeschool me and then they decided to move from the city that we were in to um, an, another small city um, so so we moved and we went we were put back into public school this was when I was like 16 and so we're back in public school and in this new place was country it's country um, living and I was used to thug living and um, just uh, when I moved there, just it was like a whole new world. 
um, but it wasn't long once I moved there that I started running with the same kind of people that I was used to, and um, I found people that were um, into the drugs and the, the popping pills and and things like that. Well, when once we moved to Van, once we moved to Van, um, that's when things kind of took took a turn for the worse. And um, I was at a friend's house. My dad had came and, and picked me up. He was the only one home. And he brought me home, and he had some letters that I would written to a boyfriend. And um, there was some stuff in there that, you know, we were kind of, we were, we were talking about sexual things in the letters. Well, whenever he brought me into the door, I saw all these letters that I had to my boyfriend laid out on the couch. And, um, and, and I knew then that I was in, in big trouble because I knew what was in those letters. Well, that's whenever he had, um, he, he told me, he, he wasn't saying much, but then he had brought me to the bathroom and he had asked me, you know, to get up because he needed a check to make sure that I would, I didn't have some kind of STD. So that's when it went from just touching to, um, he had raped me then. And then, um, I mean, I didn't know what to do. I just remember just looking at him and just tears rolling down my cheeks and like he, he just, he wouldn't stop. And, and through all of this, like I remember still praying and just asking God just to, just to do something and to, to just, um, just to move in our life and to just to make him stop. And after that time, it was, it just became like a habit. It, it was something that um, every time I turned around, he went out of town and um, he would, he would make sure that I was with him when we went out of town. So, um, so he would do things when I was out of town and, and then if he was there by himself with me, then, then he would do, he would take advantage of me then. Um, well, one Sunday, it was when I was was 17. I, I had met the, the man that I'm married to now when I was 17. And not long after I met him, um, things were, were progressively getting worse with me and, and my father. And um, I had talked to my husband, which was just kind of a boyfriend then, um, a little bit about what was going on. We were sitting in church um, taking communion, and I remember uh, Chuck, Chuck was there. He had he was sitting on one end, and I was sitting on the other, and just tears were just rolling down my eyes. and And I remember praying to God and saying to Him, "You know, if this man can take this communion and walk away and nothing happen." Then, then I'm done. I mean, and and he did. And just it, within 24 hours, he was in jail. Um, he was in jail. Our family was broken. There was my mom found out. My brother had um, called my mom as she, when she was at work, and he had told her that he had saw dad looking under the the door 
at one of us girls while we was in the shower. And she came home, and, I mean, she was just, she didn't know what to do. But we we went to the the police station. We filed the report. And he was um, put into jail. Um, I mean, I don't, I don't know what. I just know it. It was very hard for our family. The, whenever it was going on, I mean, my mom, she just. She knew she had to do something. I had a, a my baby sister. She was six or seven, and she was just screaming. Everybody, it was just chaos when it happened. But um, here we are. My our family is broken. We're split up, and it it just that was it. It was over. Um, so my mom, we found another place to stay, um, just to kind of to start somewhere. Um, you told me that you guys went to the crisis center. Right. Yes, Ann. Um, we did go to the crisis center. And um, whenever we went, there was a lady, and, and she was she had told us, you know, that um, she was very glad that my mom, had came because she had seen so many cases like ours where the mamas, um, they, they didn't believe or the fathers, if it was the other way around, they just, they didn't believe. And, um, she had said like maybe 10% of the, the people believe. And so, I mean, I'm just, I'm thankful that my mom was one of them. Definitely. So what happened after the crisis center? Did she put you into any type of uh, therapy? Did she give you any help as far as what you needed to do next just to to uh, undo the mess that had happened from your stepfather? Um, we had gone to the – we did go to the crisis center, and they had told me that um, just like over – I don't know if it was just just throughout my life, I would probably have times where I would need to come back and then I would be fine for a little while and then I would need to come back. Well, um, right, I, I had kind of, once I got married, we had two kids. Me and my husband, we had two kids. And we were still going to church, but then after our second child, we had, um, we had pulled out of church. And once we had... Um, pulled out of church. We stopped going to church. Um, we started hanging out with the people we had met through and um, started just drinking and um, just getting into things we shouldn't have gotten into. And um, one night... Do you, do you think that this has to do with... Uh, did you feel at that time you were still covering maybe trying to cover the pain uh, or I do um, I do um, there was I had a lot of well definitely unforgiveness 
and hurt and I mean I was confused um I was I did a, a lot of that to try to cover up what was um there and instead of dealing with it I just tried to bury it um, maybe self-worth too right I I was I mean yeah yes I am um very low self-worth and um well my husband you know my husband um we had uh, we were we had two kids at this time and um with our friends we we started drinking and um kind of often with them and um one night i made a decision i made a choice to to um be unfaithful and both of us in our marriage has have been unfaithful but but this time i i had um whenever i was unfaithful i had told him um not long after that and this friendship broke well my husband and i started drinking um over the weekend just me and him by ourselves and and it got to where we was drinking um a lot a lot of the time one night whenever we we were drinking uh, we was drinking i was we were playing rock band and i was laying on the floor um because i i had drank i was i was just very drunk and i had gone out to smoke and i sat down on my porch and and whenever i sat down god says to me he says Vivian and it, whenever he said my name like I was sober and it, it wasn't an audible voice but he spoke and I know it was him it was it was him him reaching me at this heart point to heart. right it was it was heart to heart so so I'm sitting on the porch um I, I could barely walk out there but I was sober when he said my name and he said what are you doing to your temple and um and I began to talk to him. I was talking out loud and just telling him, you know, God, you just you don't understand where I've been, who I am, what I've become. And um but I knew that he did because he is God. And just a couple hours after that, um I hadn't gone to sleep, but I I was in church. And whenever I went to church, I I went to Sunday school and I sat down in the um the what is it called the um you know the book i'm so sorry um our sunday school lesson book was in front of us or in front of me and it said um life matters well as soon as i saw those words just tears rolled down my eyes and um the my preacher he was the one preaching our class and I was sitting there and just my my tears just went into sobs into I could I mean it 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 got pretty bad to where um a lady got up and she she took me out and she she asked me you know is, is everything okay um she said is there something I can do can I pray for you and I I had told her a little bit about um what I'd gone through and and just um the abuse and what was going on in my marriage um and just you know at that point i did not well 
before then, I mean, I was at rock bottom. Like, I, I did not have a reason to live. But um, God brought me there to church, and she had given me a card, and it was, um, it, she, she gave it to me, and she said, this, this man, he just talks, he'll talk to you. Um, he's real good. Um, well, after Sunday school, I had, I, I thought that I was going to go home, that that was enough for that day. I was going to go home and just kind of breathe. Um, well, I get the kids. It was just me and a kid. My husband didn't go. I get the kids and I go and get in the truck and I turn it on and I put it, I go to put it in reverse. I look in my rear view mirrors. There was a car behind me where I couldn't move back. And then I was going to try to go either to the left or to the right or go forward. But all the way around, there was there was cars or something where I could not get out. So it was kind of one of those things that, you know, I was like, okay, God. So I he wanted to deal back. with it. That's right. So I went back in. And, um, I mean, sitting in service, I was just... Um, all I could do for a long time in church was just cry. Um, I would go and cry, and um, it was like, I think it was the second time I went forward and asked, um, I wanted to rededicate my life. Well, this man, after the first time that I had, had came in, or when I went back in, the man that I, the card that um, this lady had given me, he shook my hand after church, and he kind of, I didn't know it was this man, but he shook my hand, and, and he asked me a little bit about me, and um, I began going to him and and just um, and talking to him and opening up to him, and um, I knew, like, through this man, I heard God speak to me, and, like, I felt, like, I literally felt that God was opening up my mouth and breathing his breath in me. And I I had, I know that I asked Jesus into my heart when I was nine, but I know that the lifestyle that I was living was apart for him, from him. Um, when I was doing those things, like, I knew that I that's not where I was supposed to be. I didn't belong doing them, but I was still doing them. It was my choice that I made. But, um... I had prayed and asked God to I confess my sin with the sin, and um, I had asked him to forgive me. Well, when I um, went home, I went through um, several days of just, um, I, would, I would pray, something would come to my mind, and I would fall to my knees, and I would just ask God to, just, to come into my life and to forgive me for what I had done. Um, and then through counseling this man um he he never told me that what I was doing is wrong but he just he let the Holy Spirit um reveal it to me I know that he prayed for me and um just just the time that he did I mean hours and hours and he was always there to let me know that he he'd pray and I know that he did um was it mainly for you to talk and get this off your chest? Right. Or did he give you did he give you counsel and what the scripture said? Did he say much or did he just say I'm gonna pray for you? Right. Um a lot of times we would go and sit and I would just 
tell them what what I needed to like um like I would know whenever we started he would just let the spirit move um so if I sat down and um I started talking about things I had to get out everything he heard everything that I went through like detail by detail and he would just let me sit and talk and then um we would he would pray um and, and he would he would try to he would counsel me, but for the most part he would listen. And I mean that was very helpful just to be able to get it out and to to expose what had gone. And and it was like once I told, um, it's like um, just the part of me I don't know I just started getting life um, because as I told. I could forgive. Um, you know, the scripture says, confess your sins to the Lord and you will be forgiven. Confess your sins to a brother or a sister and you will be healed. So it sounds like through this confession and talking a lot, you were getting the healing you needed. Yes, Sam. Yes, Sam. Like bringing it, bringing it to the light instead of shoving it down and holding it in. It, it was coming out. Yes, I am. And therefore allowing you to, to forgive and address. Well, keep going. That's right. Um, well, just when it comes to, I went through, you know, whenever I was, I had gone through this, um, I mean, I was asking God to forgive me. I mean, I would fall on my knees and ask him to forgive me um, for just things that were coming up. And he began to... Um, definitely take me out of, I mean, it was kind of a slow, but I mean, when God does, he does things like, I mean, he does them because like, how long, how long of a process do you think this, this was a couple years or, um, from the time that, okay, my dad was arrested when I was 17. Um, I went, to this church in, um, I'm, I wrote it down here. It was, let me see, in 09. 09. And these six years, I mean, he has just been, he's been just, I don't know how to explain it. He's been taking, he's been breaking these chains that I've had. I mean, he has taken me from darkness and moving me into the light. Is, well, you um, know, it also says, too, that uh, you, you a good way to evaluate if you're healed is if you can talk about it. If you can't right. talk about it, you're not healed. And so this just shows right now all the healing that he's done with you and that people out there that have gone through the same situation can uh, have hope that there is healing. And That's they don't right. have be stuck in uh, despair and just hurt and, and pain and uh, everything else that they, they possibly... But go ahead, dear. Okay. <laughs> um, okay, so... So basically oh. it was about... Uh, this has been six years since... Yes, ma'am. It, it's been... 
It's been six years, and I'm telling you, just every day now, I mean, it's something new. It's I can see where God is, is even bringing me out and bringing me into His work. But I wanted to say, um, you know, whenever whenever we we first started going through this, um, I guess, process, I, I don't know how to what the word for it would be, but just um, I was in the kitchen one morning, and, you know, whenever I would get burned, I wouldn't feel it because I'm, that was just some kind of um, thing that I did. and I grew the ice numb. and salt. Right. I, I grew Look. numb to that kind of pain. Um, yeah. Well, I was in the kitchen, and I was sitting there, and grease popped out, and it touched my skin, and it burnt, and it actually hurt. Um, I remember calling the, my counselor, and I was like, you would not believe, like, I just got burnt, and it hurt, um, and I know that sounds funny, but, or weird, but, you know, um, I had an eating disorder, well, I just wouldn't eat, and last year was the first time that I actually got hungry, um, I actually felt a hunger pain, um, and I hadn't felt that in a long time, I mean, years and years. So um, just things like that. So you're basically saying that your body physically just did not feel pain. Right. It didn't feel hunger. It didn't feel burning. I mean, maybe there's even other explanations, but you just did not feel pain. Right. Wow. I didn't... um, but I mean, it was just something. I don't know. It was just. It's a. It was pretty cool to know that this that I I can feel these things now, and like to just to know how selfish. Even though you know what was going on, how selfish I became. Um. At, in my walk with God and with Jesus, um, the closer I get to them. Like, I see how selfish my choices and my decisions and just, you know, how selfish I was. And now, um, I don't know, he started just kind of nudging me about praying. So I would pray every time I would get in the car. Every time I got in the car, I would pray before I left. And then it went from praying before I left the house to reading a little bit of scripture every day. And now, praying, and I read, and I meditate on His Word, and, um, you know, I'm, I'm excited about where God has, is leading me. Um, I want to be able to witness to those and to, to give them the hope that I found through Jesus and in Jesus, um, and that there is hope in Him for them, because... You know, just what he's done in my life, um, coming out of that, I know what it is to be in that. And you feel just unloved or um, you don't feel of any value. But to Jesus, to God, you are. And um, just I look forward. I look forward to what he has. Well, he turns ashes into beauty (laughs) Isaiah 61 yes I am (laughs) and uh, there is 
hope and he does have a future and even these horrible things he'll somehow take the horrible thing like I said take the ashes and turn it into beauty and if if this broadcast and your testimony right now could encourage some other ladies to uh, that maybe maybe contemplating suicide because of this like you told me in the past that you did. And uh, maybe they are, and they're just hearing this right in the nick of time. Right. That's right. If there is somebody that needs to make contact, uh, needs encouragement, needs counseling, wants to make contact with her to help you go through this, I just ask you to write julie at realcuff.com or you can look on our website, realcuff.com, and there's a contact us. You can send us a note and I will be sure to get you in contact with her. I know that uh, your heart is that you would help anybody you could. That's why you're on here. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. uh, For coming on. Is there anything else that you feel like you should say? Um, Just come. Uh, God has asked us just to come as we are, um, just to come as you are. You don't have to be perfect. Um, Jesus Christ died on the cross for us when we were dead in our sins. To just come, there is hope for you. And uh, wonderful, wonderful. Thank you so much. I just want to say one other thing. Don't feel like you're the only one out there going through this. That's right. Um, don't feel like that. Don't believe the devil is a liar. Mm-hmm. And he has come to steal, kill, and destroy your life. But Jesus has come to give you life and more abundantly. And so, therefore, don't remain in the closet hiding these things. Mm-hmm. Do, do get some help. Do reach out. Do pray and ask God how to reach out, reach out to God and then start reaching out to brothers and sisters in Christ that, uh, you know, like I said, you can contact us. We'll put you in touch with her to, to help or um, anybody that would be just, you know, safe ground to, to walk through this because maybe it won't happen instantly, but through time you will get the victory. And God loves you very, 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 very much. That's right. So I'd like to ask you uh, to pray over the audience that's listening right now and pray for them. Yes, Father God, I just thank you, Lord, for just this opportunity, Father, and just for the the people that are listening, Lord. I just pray that... um, that, that you um, open their hearts 
towards you, Lord. Help them to to take the steps, Lord, that they need to, Father, to get the healing, Lord, from you, Lord. And just, I pray for them, Lord. Just just give them the courage, Lord, and show them, Lord, your your love for them and, and your value for them, Lord. And Father God, I just lift them up to you, Father. If anybody has gone through these things, Lord, and um, needs help, Lord, help them to, to reach out, Father. And and I'm I'm available to to just to them, Lord, and and Father, more than me, Lord, you you are available. You are there for them, Father, and you care for them, Lord. Just I pray that you just wrap your loving arms around them, Father, and and just just um bring them to you, Lord, and and just give them hope and a future, Lord. I love you, Father. I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, that's a wrap. Thank you for listening to Real Tough Radio. And uh, blessings for now.